we actually passed the 10 million mark earlier this year, so we're not, not aiming for the 20 million mark. That's where we, we, we're aiming for. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey folks, my guest today is Nicholas Vandenberg. He's building a tool called chilipiper.com. Automate, he helps you automate lead qualification, routing, and scheduling. Nicholas, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. Now, last time I saw you was pre-COVID in New York. I think it was 2018, 2019. We had our little CEO mastermind and you were talking about breaking a million dollar run rate and how excited you were. And now you're like, you exploded. What the hell happened? Yeah, so a lot of happened. Yeah, it's been a different world. Uh... Well, when COVID happened, uh, we um, um, had all sorts of advice from our investors to lay off people and cut costs and all that. And Alina and I uh, felt strongly that we had built uh, a beautiful team and, and we shouldn't do that. So we actually uh, applied for that payroll uh, protection program from the US government, thinking at least you know we'll survive and we don't lay off anybody. And um, the opposite of what everybody expected happen or a company actually grew faster. Uh, a lot of people came to us and needed to do more things online. We, you know, we double inbound conversion rates. So who wouldn't want that, uh, you know, for inbound. Um, so next thing uh, we went from uh, fearing for, for our life to uh, getting tons of interest from VCs literally three months later. So in June, we did our A round. We had bootstrapped all the way uh, because we, were cash positive and we never found uh, an offer that was attractive enough. But this time the VCs were serious about uh, investing and uh, base 10 gave us a very strong offer. Uh, so next thing we took a 15 million a round. And it was, uh, a, what was the pre-money on that? It was, uh, the post was close to uh, 75. So it was uh, 15 on uh, North of 55. And then, uh, and then we um, 60 pre 75 post. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, and then um, we kept growing. Uh, even uh, as you can imagine, when you bootstrap for a long time, you have, all of a sudden you have money. You can invest beyond what you were doing, and then things go better. So unsolicited in March, we got an interest from Tiger Global. Um, uh, I got on a call with John Curtis. Uh, and literally, he made the offer on the fly. Uh, the uh, later the evening, we had a term sheet. Two weeks later, with the money for thirty-three million B round. Mm-hmm. So now uh, we uh, we're definitely growing faster than we used to, as you can imagine. We say money to invest. We passed one hundred fifty employees. Uh, we we actually passed the ten million mark earlier this year. So we're not not aiming for the twenty million mark. That's where we we we're aiming for. Was MRR last month, Nicholas? Uh, well, I always think on run rate uh, annual. So, so we uh, we know between ten and fifteen. Got it. Okay. And you think you'll hit twenty by the end of the year? Well, that's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 
Um, real quick, when you bootstrap a company to the scale that you and Elena, and by the way, guys, this is a great story because Elena, Nicholas, I'm saying this, Elena is your wife, right? Yeah, she's my wife and co-founder. That's right. Your wife and co-founder. And then you guys split it 50-50 back in 2016 when you launched? Yeah, that's right. We did, yeah. That's impressive. And you're still <laughs> yeah. married and things are still good today. So these are yeah, all wonderful. good Wonderful, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she's going to show up to say hi. Hey, Elena, go. how are you? It's good to see you. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, no, this is, this is just good because I remember when, when we were in New York, you were really only doing, from what I remember, scheduling. Like I, I would see people send me a scheduling and get say powered by Chili Piper. Now you're expanding the product. That's a very interesting observation you make. Uh, it's actually not the case, um, yeah. but the scheduling piece is the visible part of what we do. So that's how people associate us with scheduling. They, uh, our product is really about um, a very simple problem. Um, when you go to a website, you uh, want to talk to somebody, you want to see a demo, you, you submit a form. And typically, you get a thank you page. Say thank you, somebody's going to call you. And there are people whose job, they call inbound SDRs, to call you and schedule that call. It turns out that company are happy to convert at 40%, which means that they lose, they lose 60 out of 100 of these requests. And they think it's good because they compare that to the outbound where you're trying to get meetings and you get 3% or 2%. So 40% seems like so good that you send these emails and you get so many meetings. But the reality is these people already said they wanted a meeting. So that's the, the problem we solve. And the hard problem with that is that the form is typically tied to the marketing system. It's a very critical part of the marketing system because it's where you, you know uh, you can tie back the visit to all these actions they've done to a particular person. And the follow-up is done in Salesforce or in the CRM. So you had you you the um, gap between these two systems. So it was a very hard problem to solve to automate that process. So that's what we did. We integrate with forms from uh, marketing automation systems to, in real time, get the data, possibly data augment, qualify, route, and retrieve the calendar. But all that, and then book a meeting. And what happened is that all our customers double their inbound conversion rate. So they go from 40 to 80%, or from 20, some went from 23% to 75%, right? Some, in the SMB business, they lose a lot of, of uh, their request. Uh, but the hard part is not to show a calendar. The hard part is to do the real-time uh, qualification and routing, right? With all the logic that needs to come with it. And also, you, you, you don't want to interfere with the marketing automation form. So... We think of ourselves as, as an inbound uh, automation, but people, when they see Chili Pepper, they see the calendar, and like you did, right? So you think, oh, you're, scheduling, you, yeah, you're a scheduling company. And, and seriously, no, we a company that does all the hard thing to get to scheduling and then and then end the, the scheduling piece. And now yeah. we, um, we see that um, there are other pieces uh, that need to happen around inbound. So we, we're expanding our solution around inbound. And that's what we're going to be doing for the second half of the year. Uh, other, other things around inbound conversion, where uh, we see a lot of opportunities uh, to do the job better than with the legacy system they're doing. I want to talk about your other products, including Chili Events, which is an interesting space. Very frothy valuations from Hopin, Visibo, VFairs in that space right now. We'll get to that in a second, though. Round out the funding of the story. You did raise $3 million back in 2019 in a seed, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was a very small uh, seed, yeah. Was that, did you do that on equity or, or was it a capped note? No, no, it was uh, an equity. What was the valuation there? It was in the 20s. 20. Okay, got it. So you had a nice valuation increase then from your seed to your Series A. 
Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you raised the Series B from 33 million, what was that valuation? So that's when I, I won't disclose it, but uh, but it, it was a. Uh, 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 very favorable uh, uh, valuation. The valuation. The Tiger Global is a wonderful company. Uh, they move very fast. They're very uh, entrepreneur friendly, and they uh, they come in when they they think you've passed that uh, um, side where you're going to be successful, right? Yep. So so they pay much higher than than the A and and C round VCs. Was still, you know, focusing on the risk and things. They think, okay, this is going to be a winner, and you know, they invest in fifty winners. Maybe some of them may not make it, but overall, with their portfolio, it will work. So we 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 uh, we getting closer to on a, on a way to unicorn now with, with yeah. this kind of valuation we got. That's yeah. where we are. Most um, when Tiger does deals, to your point, they don't have an equity target they want to hit. Like most Series B firms, they want to buy ten to twenty percent of the business. Tiger will come in and buy five percent if they feel like you've got product market fit and you're going to be one of the winners. So, is it fair to say you sort of sold between five and fifteen percent of the business? Can we put that range on it? <laughs> you're going around to give you valuation. Uh, the, the, the you're correct on, on the valuation and. Uh, and as I said, we are on our way to being a unicorn. So that's that's yeah. where yeah. Because what I'm gonna guess here, I don't have you haven't told me this, but I'm gonna guess the only reason you would do a round unsolicited from Tiger in like four or five months after you raised a $15 million Series A at a 60 million pre, is if there was a significant amount of secondary we created liquidity. So so how much of that 33 million is actually went into onto the balance sheet of the business? I know. Um so you're exactly right. There was some secondary. Um uh but i don't include it in that amount uh oh okay yeah i know other companies do that uh, and they say it's an 80 million round but i only uh, the 33 million went into the company there's oh, a, wow, okay. the same amount uh, went into the secondary got it got so it if, because you know what matters what how much money we have to deploy but, but yeah the same amount went to secondary so my only investors are some of them exit we actually have a little video coming of, of them being thankful <laughs> uh, you know, and they can because uh, they uh, some of them, uh, you know, came in very early and they did a uh, fifty or hundred X. Yeah, Nicholas, what I hear you say is this thirty million went on the balance sheet, and the same amount went into secondary. So another thirty million was secondary. So the total check size from Tiger was more like sixty million. That's correct. Yeah. I see. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So when you say you're on your way to being a unicorn, I mean, uh, what what revenue at the valuations you're currently seeing in the marketplace? What revenue do you think you have to hit? To reach a billion dollar valuation, uh, I would say that if we meet our plan by the end of the year, getting the twenty million, we would be there. Uh, it used to be unicorns where uh, somewhere you had to be like in thirty to fifty, but now you see that the market has changed. And what has changed is that uh, it's not like well, there's no question there's a lot of money and liquidity and so on. But I think we're all observing that the winners. Uh, Grow faster than you'd expected. So yep. if you look at uh, Gong, which is a, one of our customers and strong partner, if you look at Datadog and the public market, um, these companies grow super fast, much faster than you expected. So the valuation reflects this expectation, right? 
And uh, not just reflects, not just reflects it. It's, it's, it's not even close. Like if you look at a company like Gong and the revenue that they're doing, right. So I just had a meet on somewhere between about 120 and 160 million bucks in terms of run rate, but it's 250 million raised at a 7.8 million, a billion dollar valuation. There are other companies that have 120 million bucks in revenue, but they're nowhere near a $7.5 billion valuation because their growth rate is nowhere near Gong. So growth and net dollar retention are like the premium things that we're seeing drive valuation right now. Would you agree? Exactly, that's exactly right. And our net, yeah. net, net revenue retention has always been very strong. Yeah. Uh, we we, uh, we have customers like uh, uh, Ring Central is a strong partner, uh, Intuit, and uh, they keep expanding and expanding, you know, deploying our solution in, in more Are you cases. above 150% net dollar retention? Uh, we were before COVID, we dropped a bit and we're back, getting back there. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And if you peel that onion, what, what does gross churn, and then obviously we add expansion back, what's gross churn look like? The, the more interesting uh, um, breakdown is uh, what is uh, our net run expansion in the enterprise versus mean market versus a small business. Because, because uh, a small business, uh, we, we barely at 100. Uh, we have a churn that's very high. People yeah. come, they're not sure, they, they disappear, you know. Uh, and we, do, we, unlike other companies, we don't refuse to serve them. So we don't say, oh, you're too small for us. Uh, uh, I see that Drift is doing that because they've had the churn problem. So then they're, they're trying to make their numbers look better. So they even refuse to take companies. We're nice people, you know, if you want to work with us, you know, it may not work out, but but but, but we'll work with you. So uh, our churn is super high in this SMB. And so our net revenue retention is 100%. But our net revenue retention in the enterprise space is north of 150%, like the, that yeah. magic number you mentioned. And in the yeah. main market, it's in between. So, um, so the, obviously... What we're going to do is work on our front, so make it more compelling for small businesses to to get value faster out of the box, uh, and of course continue selling to enterprise because our, our value is so clear. And, and Nicholas, so how many how many total customers today? You were at about a thousand back in uh, December, I think. Uh, yeah, so we passed a thousand. Uh, we are on that level. Yeah. Okay, got it. And the reason I ask is, I assume you're driving significant expansion again in enterprise cohort. Don't name the customer, but what's the largest ACB you have right now on the platform? Uh, it's uh, three quarter of a million, and uh, and I can't name the customer. <laughs> and what? And I cannot name the customer. Yeah, don't don't name them, obviously. But that's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year in revenue. What three, enables three you? Three quarter, seven fifty. Yeah. 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 What what enables you to sell so much? Is it number of seats? Is it utility yeah. based pricing? Number feature of based number of seats. Got it. Okay. Why, why, go seats. why go into the event space? Uh, it was a request from our customers. They they um, uh, found that just like on the inbound thing, you want to uh, get to the meetings booked uh, as fast as possible. And that's where all the value is, right? Because in sales, in the B2B sales, uh, meetings is where the value starts happening, right? So you have people booking meetings. So we had all these events managers uh, spending a lot of money to attend an event and sponsor an event. And then what they would do is scan badges, right? So scan badges is nice, uh, but that doesn't get you pipeline. Yeah, then you have to follow up, email them, go, go through the same thing. So all of them realize that what matters is try to get meetings ahead of time and meetings on the floor instead of go straight to meetings, not these intermediary steps of uh, scanning badges, emailing campaign and so on. So that's what happened. They, they came to us, say, you are the meeting booking company. 
can we uh, can we help? And when we found it, that's a bit more complex with events because you're not sure yet who's going to attend in terms of the reps, which reps you can send. You have meeting rooms that have capacity. You have uh, uh, other constraints around time. So we thought, look, we're good at solving complex problems. It's a real value creation. It's very aligned with what we do. Let's build, build an events. Now, obviously, yeah. the question was, Will there be events? <laughs> so online events, a lot of them. Uh, it's a, it's a, a smaller piece of what we do because often people just sign up directly on a Zoom webinar and do or hop in. Um, real world events are where we can really uh, expose all the power of our platform because there's a lot of complexity. So mm-hmm. with meeting rules, with engines, with rescheduling, with check-in calendar, and uh, we put. We had actually built a product uh, in 2019, and we literally uh, mothballed it. You know, we moved it on the shelf there. Up, you put it on the side. We'll, we'll pull you out of uh, GitHub uh, when the time is better. So we did. We got back the code. We re- reworked it, and, and we're relaunching because we see um, in-person events um, softly but surely restarting, and we want to be there when that happens. Yep. Yep. No, we're doing one on September 9th in Austin. I think it's going to be an important model for us. Um, talk to me about the engineering required to get this done. How many total engineers on the team today? Okay, this is, catch me off guard there. Uh, we, uh, we must have between 20 and 30 engineers. Yeah. Probably in the, 20, yeah, 20, that, 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 yeah. What about sales motion? How many sales reps do you guys have with a quota? Uh, do you include SDRs with quota? Or you only include in a revenue quota. It's up to yeah. you. Do you do you give SDRs a revenue quota or just a meeting? Oh, right. it, 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 we're about 20, 20, 15. So 20 SDRs, 20 AEs, uh, 15 AMs. Got it. Do the AMs carry uh, yeah. a quota? Target, yeah. Got it. So 40 between account executives, account managers, they, those 40 all carry a quota. Are they different quotas? Yeah. Different quotas. How so? Different quotas. Well, uh, the um, IEs. It's a bit different on the enterprise, but uh, in the mid-market, our is a focus on new logo acquisition. As soon as a meeting is booked, we assign an account manager, and the account manager is is uh, uh, has a job of expanding the account uh, all the way to renewals and expansion of the renewals. So the the structure is very different of a uh, compensation uh, to 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 in- provide the right incentive for the goals that are different. Yeah. What for your account executives when they are closing these deals? What annual quota do you have them on? Do you follow the million and then a two hundred thousand dollars on target earnings pay? Uh, it depends between enterprise and market, and it also depends uh, on um, the seniority of the person we're bringing on board. We have a, a bit unusual than other companies. We we uh, adjust the code as the code as based on the pipeline. So we said, look, if we provide you this pipeline, you should convert. We're very focused on conversion, right? Let's say yeah. we, we bring in people and say, your job is to convert these deals. So if you bring your own pipeline, you get compensated more because that's an extra. So that awesome they can do that. But we're going to give you X amount of pipeline and we expect Y uh, in revenues. And so as we bring on, on, on the new reps, we give them less pipeline, right? Because they've got to, to learn and, and therefore uh, a smaller quota. So we have a, a gamut of quota. Yeah. It's, it's a bit, I know a lot of companies say, here's a quota, uh, swim or sink. Uh, but uh, that's not our approach. Our approach is to, uh, we're very focused on uh, professional growth. And so uh, we give a lot of autonomy, but we also give a lot of help. So if somebody has zero, 
pipeline starting with, then they can't be expected to meet, uh, you know, a certain quota. Mm-hmm. So the answer to your question is very nuanced because we have a quota that varies from one web to the other. Yep. Nicholas, before we wrap up, I hear you might be buying a company soon. What's going on? Look at that curveball, guys. Chili Piper is not acquiring any, any any businesses in the next in the next six months. So is that a strategy you're going to use with the 30 million of cash you just got or no? Uh so it's so, so, so perspective because uh, is is definitely something we're considering and uh and I was just wondering how you could have heard it uh but um uh the answer is is yes um opportunistically so we're not we're not on a roll up right now the way zoom info is doing uh we we um have a bit of a different approach because our, our number one core value is help and number two is innovate so we trust ourselves to innovate and come up with good products. And that's what we focus on. So it, it, it would only, um, an acquisition bring us, if we find somebody particularly innovative in the particular space adjacent to ours. So that's what we'll be looking at. But it's not, um, again, we're not on a, on a roll-up. We're very much looking at opportunities, opportunities if that's something that could uh, be good complement. All right. Let, and you're not in acquisition talks with anybody else. We're not going to see you sell to Henry and ZoomInfo or the Gong crew in the next 12 months, are we? That, that is not in our future. No, Alina and I have built this company. We're we, we having a blast. We have 150 pipers. We promised them all that we're going to get our share price to $100 a piece so that they're all millionaires, um, every single one of them. And so we are focused on delivering that, that to our employees and our shareholders. Love that. All right. Let's wrap up, Nicholas, with the famous five. Number one, favorite book. Uh, or all across, or, or my favorite business book is uh, "Never Split the Difference." That's what we uh, we think. My fr- favorite uh, literature is actually uh, uh, "War and Peace." I've, I love that uh, you know the, the whole story of Napoleon and the battle with the Russians. That's fascinating. Number two, Nicholas, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Business. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Chili Piper besides your own? Well, I have another tool called Cosmo Time that you may have uh, looked at uh, to keep uh, it's a smart calendar to keep me productive. So that's my favorite tool. What's it called? Cosmo Time. It's um, something that I started, yeah. Cosmo Time. All right. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? That's a great question because I, I used to... Uh, sleep around six hours and then uh, alina came up with that book showing in that it was a bad idea it was detrimental to all sorts of things so no i'm closer to a s- seven plus you have to is elena still there you have to get her to wave real quick so everyone watching the podcast can see her is she is she shy uh no she's outside you uh, come uh, she's outside okay okay no, no she's right. here she's here she'll wave uh elena come wave she can't hear me but there there she is <laughs> Husband, wife, team, another one. We love it. All right. Nicholas, so obviously we know you're married. Do you guys have any kids running around or no? We do a six months old and a two and a half year old. Holy mess. So you're traveling the world during COVID with two kids running a business that's, you know, breaking a hundred million dollar valuation. Breaking what valuation? A hundred million dollars. Now we way above that. Well, I know. I just wanted to, so now, see, now I know it's above 60 million. Now I know it's above a hundred million. (laughs) (laughs) Much higher than that. That's good. Um, All right. So two kids and how old are you? I'm 55. 55. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. 
Um, I wish I had started immediately being an entrepreneur. So instead of doing consulting and all these other things, because it's such a, a blast. And I, uh, I wish I had more uh, faith in uh, experimenting and, and, and being persistent. So it has happened a couple of times, you know, I, were, I would um, think I was not working, I'd give up. And what I'm finding is that with persistence, you uh, and keeping on it, you, uh, you will be successful. So uh, I wish I had both uh, the guts to start earlier and the, the, the confidence to stay at it. Guys, Chili Piper launched in 2016 with husband, wife, team, Nicholas and Elena. They're doing $650,000 a month in revenue back just about a year ago, less than a year ago, now doing almost double that as they approach a $15 million, $20 million run right here at the end of 2021. They've got over a thousand customers they're supporting. They raised their $15 million Series A back last year in November at around a call it $60 million uh, money, pre-money valuation, raised another $33 million bucks for their uh, for their balance sheet in a Series B earlier this year, took another $30 million in secondary just to reward all the early pipers, as they call them. They're over, uh, how many? Over 150 strong now, 25 engineers as they look to continue to scale, about to get to the events space, both virtual and in person. Nicholas, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you.